You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hey everybody, welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. I'm Ken. I'm going to introduce your show, but we have a special guest host today, which we'll get to momentarily. We are excited to start the second lap of our uh, of our podcast here. I believe this is season two, right? Yeah, season two, completed the first year. So in the studio today, we have special guests uh, making up a uh, team. It's going to be Phil and James. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hey, we're doing, doing, doing good. These are just two personal friends of uh, of us uh, hosts of Triviality, so we're happy to have you guys in here to be a team. Do you guys have a good uh, team name to come up with? Oh, man. Just take a minute. Okay. Can... Yeah, we'll have right, to well, do we'll that. We'll confer. Okay, you'll yeah. confer, and uh, we'll get back to you on that team name. And uh, we have Jeff and Neil in the studio, as per usual. No Matt today. Yeah. Um, so Matt um, decided that he wanted to do a full recap of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, all, all in all 19. Yeah, all 19 in one sitting. Um, but instead of going to an actual movie theater uh, like a normal person, he set up a tent outside of the Willis Tower. Um, and uh, he's going to be watching all of them on an iPad uh, with also a, an illegally torrented version of Infinity War. <laughs> it's a pretty bizarre thing that he's doing today. As opposed to a legal legal tour <laughs> exactly <laughs> and finally the uh, man of the hour the man who will be hosting the episode is dave nelson how are you doing today i'm doing great guys how are you great and uh thank you for skyping in you said you were from brooklyn correct uh, i'm a lawyer here in new york um and uh very pleased to have this opportunity to uh try to stump you guys yeah thank you very much for writing this game and for being a consistent listener we appreciate that we're, we will probably be both honored and humbled, unlike the people who normally just say that they're humbled. Yeah, that's one of Jeff's pet peeves is when uh, someone wins an award, they say that they're humbled. Yeah, that, uh, yeah Neil's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how are you guys doing on the team name there? Uh, I've got um, Patrick Swayze staring at me from Neil's Roadhouse poster right here. So uh, we got uh, Team Dalton. Team, nice. Team Dalton. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we'll be uh, Team Triviality, I guess, over over on our side. We could be both a roadhouse, and since I'm going through New Girl right now, a New Girl reference, and we could be the Coolers. The Coolers. Ooh, All right, uh-huh. that's that's a pretty cool name. 
All right, so without further ado, let's kick it to the rules guy for the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. All right, so if Team Dalton and the Coolers are ready, I'm going to kick it over to Dave to start the game. Right on. Okay, round one, question one. The category is British presidents. Which president was both the last to be born as a British subject and the first Whig party candidate to be elected to the highest office in the land? I know this question isn't easy, but it shouldn't take you 31 days to come up with the answer. We are locked in. Is it? Sure, we can, we'll, we'll lock that in. That's you actually, wanna lock that in? Yeah, because that's actually a president name. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're gonna go with Harrison. Yeah, we, we agree with this is old Tippecanoe himself, William Henry Harrison. Uh, that's correct. The answer is William Henry Harrison. Yeah, we Jeff and I locked onto that pretty quick through Parks and Rec. So I got it. Um, I got it from an episode of The Simpsons where they're doing. Uh, we are the mediocre presidents. You won't find our pictures on dollars or on cents. <laughs> and then they did a, a, sh a shout out to uh, Harrison. I died in 30 days or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. All right. Question two. The category is. Nuclear combat, toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Ruskies. In the famous scene in Dr. Strangelove, in which Major Kong climbs down into the B-52 bomb bay, two nuclear weapons are seen, each marked in stencil with the legend, nuclear warhead, handle with care. Each of the two weapons also has a second message hand-painted on. Name the message that is scrawled on either bomb. You guys ever seen Dr. Strangelove? I remember seeing clips of that scene, but I don't remember ever seeing that movie in its entirety. I know Neil's seen it. Oh, yeah. I know who's on the bomb. It's Slim Pickens, and I can't think of what's on the bombs. Uh, I had a feeling you were going to go this way. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, I can't remember what's on the bombs. We must not allow a mine shaft gap. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll say we're locked in. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what it is. It, it's something... I can't... I, I, I have no idea. I can't remember. Yeah, I... And Peter Sellers does a great job in that film. Great job in that film. Great job in that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pull it. So let's just think. Of, let's just put open wide. I know it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have open wide, and from you guys, uh, we said goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough question. Sorry. The uh, the answers are hi there and dear John. We got that. We got the opposite. Yeah. We just, we yeah, just said there. goodbye, and it was supposed to be a high. If you would have said yeah. mahalo, I guess you would have been both yeah. right and wrong. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, question three. Question number three. The category is Conspiracy Theorist Legends of Baseball. Which major league pitcher, who's currently number 11 on the all-time wins list with 329, is also the career leader in box? Perhaps he occasionally got distracted by the low-frequency sound waves constantly being broadcast at him by the U.S. and Russian governments. <laughs> I, like, I like these hints. Yeah, Yeah, these are really well-written questions. They're locked in? Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're locked. All right, so it looks like the Daltons are locking in. 
So we're having some trouble. Um, these are all really great clues, and we we're trying to go from it um, in different ways. So, like, you know, what would a low frequency be? Some terms for that. Uh, what pitchers can we think of that could be in the top or right outside the top ten of of games won? Um, we're not really coming up with anyone uh, at the moment. We we said Randy Johnson because his nickname is the Big Unit, maybe Unit with frequency. Um, uh, Jeff wrote down what's the frequency Kenneth. We've had a, a certain question like that before, but is the name Ken in there? Um, I don't, I'm I'm not really landing on anyone. I mean, not the no clue that would allude to a certain pitch a pitcher. So no one you can think of who's kind of a conspiracy theorist now. I know Kurt Schilling is really crazy, but um, let's. Uh, you just want to go with like uh, Randy Johnson because of his nickname, the Big Unit. Uh, I'd, I'd rather go with Kurt Schilling, but okay. All right, we're we're gonna lock in with Kurt Schilling. And uh, we're we're going with Roger Clemens. Uh, well, this is a guy who had a very long, successful career, obviously, um, and famously never spoke to the press at all uh, until a few years after he retired. He gave a magazine interview and. Uh, almost immediately revealed perhaps why he never spoke to the press because he articulated his uh, his belief in about 25 different completely bonkers theories. Philadelphia Phillies uh, legend Steve Carlton. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. we'll have to text Matt at his Infinity War screening and see if he knew that one. He <laughs> <laughs> probably did. Kurt, Kurt Schilling, Schilling is a really uh, solid guess for sure because he's uh, also nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four. The category is Mo Money, Mo Former Pennsylvania State Houses. What two pieces of U.S. currency depict Independence Hall in Philadelphia? Uh, is that the one from National Treasure? No, that's just, I don't know. Remember in National Treasure, he pulled it out? I, I don't yeah. remember. I know it's, I know it's right. <laughs> no, because... That's so, how I can do it, too. Oh, it's through National Treasure. Because <laughs> <it>? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the National Treasure, remember, you guys were yelling at me about the movie being stupid, but now it's coming in handy. <laughs> Um, maybe we could still get it wrong and then argument stands I think that's correct though because in the movie he goes hey pull out that and then he goes look on the back it's Independence Hall uh, daylight savings time was that the currency right there I think it I think I think that is that's for sure right I'm pretty sure because it was that one I know for the first one though okay but I'm also concerned that like the second one is some sort of obscure piece like you know the (laughs) The silver dollar half. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, we're we're right. locked in if you guys want to talk your answers you out. Okay, well, he just wrote down the one cent piece. Come on, man. That's We're in the land of Lincoln. On the back of the... It's not fair. It has a shield on the back now. Well, that's true. Yeah. But even still, it, it no, always there's... had the Lincoln Memorial on the back of the penny. Does it? Yeah. It is? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. We think the national treasure piece, I think, was the 10... And then we're sort of guessing with the hundred, and that's sort of that's what we locked in with. So. Okay, uh, Jeff, why don't you take this one? You're the banker. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's that's reason enough. Um, so I'm pretty sure on the back of the ten is the U.S. Treasury. The back of the twenty is the uh, White House. Back of the fifty is the U.S. Capitol, and on the back of the hundred you'll find Independence Hall. Um, the other one, I believe, at one point it was on the back of the fifty cent piece. Well, the answer, uh, the question asked about U.S. currency. Uh, which is uh, paper money. The the answers are the $100 bill, which depicts the outside of Independence Hall, and the $2 bill, 
which shows the interior of Independence Hall and the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I wasn't thinking about that being inside Independence Hall, but that's, that's a great one. All right, question number five. The category is just below the surface. Submarines are a crucial element of any modern Navy. For example, each of Russia, the U.S., and China have in commission over 60 submarines manned by tens of thousands of sailors and officers. But which war featured the first military use of a submarine in battle? We're, we're locked in. You guys can talk out loud. Okay. Okay. All um, right. I wonder if there would be in the Revolutionary or if there were other wars in other countries that might have used them. them. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you feel good about this one, I mean, yeah, we, we, can, we, can go, we can go with that. Like, All this right. just popped in my head. The 1812 popped in my head for some reason, but I... I have I no idea. I don't really... Wasn't 1812, like, more land-based? But I have no idea. We, we can go with civil, man. All right, let's, let's, let's lock do in with civil. Civil War. The, Ameri- the American, American Civil, civil War. war. <laughs> Be specific there. I, uh, I defer to Jeff on this one. I, what he put, I thought uh, I answered once and it was wrong, but I'm just going to let Jeff... <laughs> Lean on him here. Way to throw me under the bus, Neil. <laughs> uh, we also went Civil War. The answer is the American Revolutionary War. Oh, oh snap. So they wrote it, but yeah. they didn't go with it. It's a weird little contraption that they devised called the turtle that was supposed to, to be, allow them to uh, attach uh, explosive charges to the exterior of British ships. And they tried it in the Battle of New York uh, in 1776, and it didn't work very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So not to great success, but no. But it was there. Yep. Cool. Wow. All right. So after uh, five questions, we are holding steady at ten points apiece. Barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead, hey, Dave. Hey, we're still in this game. Yeah. We are. <laughs> right on. All right. Go ahead, Dave. Question number six. The category is the best words and the best film criticism. Which movie? which he has named as his all-time favorite, did Donald Trump once describe as being, quote, really about accumulation. And at the end of the accumulation, you see what happens, and not everything is necessarily all positive, not positive. I think you learn that maybe wealth isn't everything. Can you, can you reread that quote in impression form? It's about accumulation. It's not all positive. <laughs> I'm doing the finger thing, too. Where he does the okay signs. I wrote down an answer. I do know in an interview he said that that was his favorite movie, but it does not sound like his quote. But he he never makes sense. So I wrote down Bloodsport, which sounds insane. But Is I, that John claude Van Damme? Yeah. I, <laughs> That's I, incredible. I heard in an interview he said that was his favorite movie. And I, and I carried that fact with me, uh, telling people about Bloodsport. So that's the only thing immediately in my head. I was like, oh, he said it was Bloodsport, but I, it does not fit what Dave described in the quote. So I, I honestly, I can't even, I just, Bloodsport keeps coming to me. And I, I know it's probably wrong. I know there's an interview he says that's his favorite movie, but let's just go with Bloodsport. I don't care. I'll, I'll die in the sword. <laughs> All right. Uh, we said Wall Street is what we locked in with. Well, I can't uh, believe that you would suggest that Donald Trump, uh, who asked the same question twice, gave two different answers. But uh, <laughs> the, the answer here is uh, Citizen Kane. There's no f***ing way. <laughs> That's bull****. <laughs> if you go on YouTube, you can see a clip from a really amazing interview that uh, this uh, documentary filmmaker Errol Morris did with him. Uh, and he, he's asking him about Citizen Kane. 
Um, and then the final question is, uh, you know, if you could give one piece of advice to Charles Foster Kane, what would it be? And Trump says, get yourself a different woman. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't think you've seen that. <laughs> I mean, if there's anyone who I could believe was obsessed about a sled, I, I, it could be him. All right. Question seven. Uh, the category is the greatest city in northeastern Illinois. Wrigley Field is the second oldest stadium in the major leagues, behind only Boston's Fenway Park. It originally opened in 1914, not as Wrigley, but as Wiegman Park, home of which baseball club? I think it might be that, so let's just go with it. Yeah, that's fine with me. Go for it. All right. I think I remember hearing that too. So So I think Neil and I honed in on the same thing. I was a little confused because I thought that may have been the football team at some point too. It, it might have been. But I, I have a feeling... Um, that it was the Cardinals, right? Is that what we're saying? We went Cardinals. Yeah, so so did we. We went Cardinals. Yeah. Well, there there was a Chicago Cardinals in the uh, NFL um, wow. uh, other times. But the, the answer to this question is actually not a major league team. It's a, a team from the Federal League called the Chicago Whales. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was a sort of a, a short-lived challenge to the uh, major leagues. Uh, and the guy Wiegman, uh, he owned the Chicago Whales. The league folded after a couple years, and then he bought the Cubs and moved the Cubs uh, from their former home to uh, what eventually became Wrigley. So it was really the beginning of the century version of the XFL with Vince McMahon. <laughs> Precisely, but with like, but with straw boaters and stuff like that. Extreme baseball. <laughs> All right, let's move on to question eight. Try to get some points on the board here. <laughs> All right, question eight. The category is art. Sotheby's recently sold for more than $110 million an untitled canvas by which Brooklyn-born painter who was once the subject of a biopic starring David Bowie? We're going to walk lock in. I mean, he could have played him in another movie that we're not yeah. thinking of. So we, we immediately wrote down uh, Jackson Pollock. And uh, I know for a fact Ed Harris was in a film uh, playing Jackson Pollock with Marsha Gay Harden. Called Pollock. Called Pollock. <laughs> um, and then um, Jackson Pollock starred in a biopic about Kevin Pollock, uh, character actor, which is not true. But um, we, we thought that David Bowie may have performed as, as Jackson Pollock. So that was what we locked in with. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that you guys didn't think about this one a little bit more because I think these guys might be on the right track. So what did you guys I, say? I hope we're in the right. I, I just think uh, I I went with Andy Warhol because uh, we were like, that seems, it seems like Bowie and Warhol should be buddies. And, and I'm pretty sure Andy Warhol is out of New York. So it was based in New York. Yeah. yeah. So we went with Andy Warhol. Well, uh, you're correct that uh, Bowie played Warhol um, in the film, but Warhol was was from Pittsburgh. The correct oh, answer to this question is Warhol's friend and uh, col sometime collaborator, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Basquiat. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we're getting closer to facts every time we come up with an idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question nine, please. Question nine, the category is Legends of Professional Wrestling. If you watch any of the 12,000 episodes of Shark Tank, shown nightly on CNBC, you're very likely to come across so-called Mr. Wonderful, Canadian businessman Kevin O'Leary. But outside of reality television, everyone knows the true Mr. Wonderful is this pro wrestler who was selected by the New Orleans Saints in the 1973 NFL Draft 
and later went on to compete in the main event at the very first WrestleMania. If Neil can get his you head together, it. he you might pull it. away. I'm just I'm having a really bad day here for brain capacity. I keep thinking of Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Um, oh no. W- would uh, w- would a nickname be sufficient, or do you need the wrestler's actual name? The question gives you his nickname. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I I know who it is, and we we just talked about him the other day, and I'm just having a really bad day today. Uh, hey Neil, we talked about this guy on one of our uh, wrestling episodes, right? God, I'm so disappointed in myself. I just yeah, we were just talking about this guy last week. I'm just not in the right headspace. In fact, if it helps, uh, I believe Matt said that Jeff doesn't even know who Mr. Wonderful is. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. All right. Well, we locked in with an incorrect answer because I can't pull it. We're we're blank locked in. <laughs> so they're locking in with Andy Warhol again. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's say Andy Warhol. <laughs> you guys? Uh, like I said, I, I know this answer, and I'm just not pulling it. I'm going to take some ibuprofen as I say the word Anderson. You joke, but I, I think Andy Warhol actually was at the first WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> See, we just nice. cannot be right today. Yeah. You know what? I think I think to increase our chances of winning this game, I think we're just gonna right now lock in with Andy Warhol for all answers. answers. <laughs> <laughs> now the the answer is uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Oh, f- all right, now that Neil has taken his limitless pill, we will see <laughs> what happens in uh, in the next question. Question ten. Question ten. The category is hashtag the resistance. In the well-known short story, Bartleby the Scrivener, the title character spends most of the time doing precious little scrivening and quite a bit of time telling his boss to go fly a kite. Who wrote Bartleby the Scrivener? I've never heard of that before. It sounds great. Um, Just thinking of guys that wrote quirky. Don't you dare write Andy Warhol. (laughs) (laughs) As a clue uh, in most of the uh, story the narrator who's Bartleby's boss keeps asking him to do things and Bartleby keeps answering I would prefer not to <laughs> sounds like me <laughs> these are great questions Dave um, I just wish we had the mental capacity today to answer them we have to live up to that one review where they're like I'm surprised how much they don't know we gotta, <laughs> we gotta try if it's a 50-50, really, between these two, and I pick the wrong one, I'm going to be really upset. That's okay. <laughs> I doubt it, though, so, so we're good. You guys are locked? This we're locked. Is just based on the silly words that were in the question, I went, my guess was Shel Silverstein. But then Phil says that it's somebody more serious. Possibly. Potentially. Possibly. So he threw out, what are you throwing out, man? Doll. Uh, old doll? Yeah. Know. You can write whoever you want, man. Okay, so we're we're locking in with Doll. Okay, Raul Doll and that might be the weirdest coincidence ever. We both wrote uh, Road Doll and Shell Silverstein. So I flipped a coin on Road Doll. Double Raul Dolls. The, the only thing that'll make this weirder is the actual answer to the question, um, which I, I realize now I should have asked after the Chicago Whales uh, question because the answer is Herman Melville. Oh. All right. So after right. a tough first round we are tied 10 to 10 you guys started strong and uh just fell off from there <laughs> all right
right, so let's uh, get started with the swing round and hopefully get some points in this game. Uh, do you want to take it away, Dave? The swing round category is musical road trip. So I'm going to read you uh, lyrics from 10 songs, and uh, I need the title for each song. The, uh, the theme is uh, each song in the title, uh, there's, uh, the title contains the name of a city or town. All right, and how many of these are we doing? Uh, I have 10. Tell me how many you want. So 10 for five points apiece. Number one, we don't make a party out of lovin'. We like holdin' hands and pitchin' woo. We don't let our hair grow long and shaggy like the hippies out in San Francisco do. Number two, roll down the window, put down the top, crank up the Beach Boys, baby, don't let the music stop. We're gonna ride it till we just can't ride it no more. Number three, Y'all feel me, all ages and races, real sweet faces, every different nation, Spanish, Asian, Indian, Jamaican, black, white, Cuban, or Asian. I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. That's a good one. Number four. So the graduations hang on the wall, but they never really helped us at all. No, they never taught us what was real, Iron and coal and chromium steel. Number five, help me information. More than that, I cannot add. Only that I miss her and all the fun we had, but we were pulled apart because her mom did not agree. Number six, you leave the Pennsylvania station about a quarter to four, read a magazine and then you're in Baltimore. Dinner in the diner, nothing could be finer than to have your ham and eggs. In Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> Number seven. I got no rap against the southern states. Every time I've been there, it's been great. But now I'm leaving, and I can't be late. And to myself, be true. Number eight. The loveliness of Paris seems somehow sadly gay. The glory that was Rome is of another day. I've been terribly alone and forgotten in Manhattan. I'm going home to my city by the bay. Number nine, energy calling me back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude, it's back where it belongs. And number 10, the bars are temples, but the pearls ain't free. You'll find a god in every golden cloister, and if you're lucky, then the god's a she. I can feel an angel sliding up to me. So again, um there is a city name or a location name in every one of these songs, uh, correct? Yeah, every title has the name of a city or a town. Okay, so these guys are going to get to work on those, and we'll be right back with the answers. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. 
We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, looks like the answers are in, so take it away, Dave, for the answers. All right, number one, we don't make a party out of loving. Team Dalton? Oh, we didn't we have an it. answer. Yeah, we, we left, left that blank. one blank. And Team Cooler? Uh, we just went uh, surfing USA. Uh, no, the answer is uh, I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee by Merle Haggard. Oh, mm. okay. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of wrong answers here. <laughs> Quest, question number two, uh, roll down the window, put down the t- top, Team Dalton. Uh, that was a blank for us, too. Uh, we just put country line. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Randy Newman classic, I Love L.A. Oh. Uh, uh, told you it was a country artist. You got a friend in me. And, and not country, I mean, you know what I mean. Show it people got. Every reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question, question number three. I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. Team Dalton. Uh, welcome to Miami. The, the, the Will Smith classic bienvenidos we said miami <laughs> awesome the answer is miami by will smith you're correct so five points apiece on that one yeah all right question number four so the graduations hang on the wall iron and coal and chromium steel team dalton what you put uh this one feels familiar but we weren't able to get it yeah, we so we left it blank got a whole lot of nothing on that one so we didn't we didn't know what to put uh, it was very descriptive and we thought uh, as a writer he's very descriptive so uh, we said it was the boss with uh, streets of Philadelphia well that's that's not a bad guess but uh, this is actually bought from uh, Allentown by Billy Joel Ooh, okay. Uh. yeah it's one of my uh, least favorite songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally you included it <laughs> Hey, we. This is you know, the trivia. Is uh, is a verite. It's not about. Uh, it knows no yeah. preference. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Number five. Uh, help me. Information more than that. I cannot add. Only that I miss her and all the fun we had. But we were pulled apart because her mom did not agree. Team Dalton. That that help me information. Uh, like, is really familiar. But I I had nothing after that. Yeah, we're blank again. Uh, we we just went with uh, Jimmy Reno. Is that even a song? No. <laughs> it's uh, for a part of our happy home in Memphis, Tennessee by Chuck Berry. Mm. It's your cousin Marvin. Uh, number six, the Pencil Station. Team uh, Dalton, what would you put for that? Uh, that's the Chattanooga Choo Choo. And Team Fuller? Uh, once again, didn't know this one, so we went Wade Garrett. Now you got it, Team uh, Dalton, the Chattanooga Choo Choo by Glenn Miller. Nice. Question seven. Uh, got no rap against the southern states. Uh, and to myself be true, uh, Team Dalton. Uh, blank on that one. And for us, uh, if anyone didn't figure out, we're just naming characters from Roadhouse. So <laughs> I just put Brad Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Wesley. Now, this is a, 
this was a, a decent size hit for uh, podcast favorite Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, uh, Katmandu. Oh, uh, Katmandu. I'm g- g- going to Katmandu. <laughs> and seven, uh, I'm going home to my city by the bay. Team Dalton? Uh, I believe this one is I left my heart in San Francisco. And Team Fuller? Yeah, I left my heart in San Francisco. <laughs> with Tony Bennett. <laughs> Uh, notwithstanding the impression, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question nine. Energy calling me back where it comes from. Such a crude attitude, it's back where it belongs. Team Dalton. All the little chicks with their crimson lips know that Cleveland rocks. Uh, I believe I used to shout this at my TV for uh, the like, third through final seasons of the Drew Carey Show uh, by Presidents of the United States of America. This would be Cleveland Rocks. That's right. I'm not sure if it's actually uh, true, but that is the title, Cleveland Rocks. <laughs> Cleveland's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm agnostic. I've never been to Cleveland. Um, question, question 10. Um, if you're lucky, then the gods are she. Uh, Team Dalton? Uh, we had a blank on that one. Uh, we went with the Billboard hit Boston Cream Pie. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're almost there, but this is uh, this song was really big uh, when I was a kid, and it was very weird. Also, uh, it's called "One Night in Bangkok." Oh, one oh, night in Bangkok, Bangkok makes the world your oyster. Yeah. Oh man. Shoot. So, uh, racking up an extra twenty points, Team Dalton, and uh, keeping things cool over there in the other corner is uh, the Coolers with fifteen points. So that brings the totals to thirty to twenty-five. Round two? Yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's yeah. do it. All right, round two, number one. Uh, question number one. The category is Spanish-speaking titans of the GOP. Uh, everyone knows that Jeb Bush's real last name is an exclamation point. But what is his real first name? He'll never be president, but at least he'll have this one thing in common with Calvin Coolidge. Oh, you would know something like this. Did Calvin Coolidge have a different name? That's strongly implied by the question. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Trying to throw kernels here at Jeff. All right, we're locking in. You know more about Calvin Coolidge than I would ever care to, to admit myself. I, I mean, I don't know anything about him, So other than he was the curious president. You, yeah, you know nothing about him. Didn't you go on an extended like story about him and his Secret Service one time? Or do I have the wrong person? No, that was me, but I researched it. <laughs> I didn't know it. I'm, I'm halfway out the door for this game, so you, you have to pick up the slack. Well, yeah, I was going to say Jebediah. I'm just trying to think of... But I, that sure. seems like too easy. Yeah, it seems too obvious. Oh, I, I don't know if you are if you wrote that too and you're trying to get us not to say Jebediah. <laughs> um, I just know that... Uh, he, just please clap if we get it right. All right, we're going to lock in with Jebediah. Same. <laughs> no, his, uh, Jeb Bush's real name is John Ellis Bush, hence Jeb. Ah. So it's John Ellis Bush Bush, essentially. Yes. Yeah, it's like I have to go to the ATM machine. Yeah. <laughs> the ATM machine machine. Are you going to uh, reset your PIN number? <laughs> All right, question number two. The category is Canadiana. Canada has almost 4,000 Tim Hortons and over 8,000 ice rinks. It also has 10 provinces and three territories. 
Prince Edward Island is the smallest by area of these 13 subdivisions, just slightly larger than Rhode Island. However, which of the 13 subdivisions is the largest by area? I think I can name most of them. I don't know if you can tell me which one's the biggest, though. Wait, wait. You would know better than I would. Um, yeah, Phil is actually Canadian, so we'll see how that plays into this question. <laughs> not Canadian. Uh, he just likes the bare naked ladies, all right? Yeah, yeah. Good man. How long has it been since you've been to Canada? Oh, we went last goodness. summer. Last, yeah. It's been, it's I, been I was year. really yeah. just hoping you were going to go, it's been. <laughs> it's been one week. All right, well, we got 10 down. We wrote 10. One of them is a dog breed, but that's not going to give anything away. I have a rough idea of the shape of all of them, but I'm trying to take out of my mind the map projections to see if I can figure out which one's actually largest. Well, fun trivia fact. When Ed Sheeran sang his song, The Shape of You, he was actually talking about the provinces of Canada. Hmm. You're in. Um, So we we wrote down a bunch of the provinces, British Columbia, Ontario, Newfoundland, Labrador, Yukon Peninsula, Quebec. Yukon Territory. Sorry, Yukon Territory, Saskatchewan, uh, Manitoba. I don't know what these two are. None of it. None of it. Prince Edward Island. And all of it. Mentioned. Prince Red. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's up to you, Jeff. Like I, I wrote some of these down, which I'm proud enough for the day to know that I knew at least like six Canadian provinces. So, or so, so I feel like um, just given that it's like a bunch of land up there, I feel like none of it might be the correct one. I know Quebec is fairly large, but um, I'm thinking it's one of the two northern territories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would guess none of it. It's a funny answer, and I, and Dave has had some funny answers and questions, so I wouldn't put it past him to have the answer be none of it. Well, and even if that is our answer um, and we get it wrong, it would be like the rest of our game where we're getting none of it. So, <laughs> Okay, we're going to lock in with none of it. All right, we locked in with uh, Ontario. Yeah. Uh, and the answer is none of it. Nicely done. Yeah, none of it has a certain... Combo breaker. Has a certain. <laughs> All right, uh, question number three. The category is hauntingly beautiful music. Which professional musician, endlessly advertised on television in the 1980s and 1990s as the quote master of his instrument, and whose recordings appeared on the soundtracks to The Karate Kid, Once Upon a Time in America, and Kill Bill Volume One, was born in 1941 just outside of Bucharest. The only other name that came to me was this one. Are we in, Jim? Yeah, we just locked it. Okay. Um, So we wrote down a bunch of names, like Ennio Morricone did a lot of composing, but I just don't see him advertising himself on TV as a master of his instrument. The way that the question's worded, I almost feel like it's a singer, and they're talking about how good their instrument, as in their voices. I could be wrong. Um... Jeff wrote down Bernard Herrmann, but um, I don't think believe that would be right because he would have composed Psycho when he was like 20, which would have been wrong. So he was much older. Well, um, I know that the song you're whistling is Bernard Herrmann. That I I'm see. positive of. Okay. Um, other artists I can think of on that soundtrack, um, he worked with the RZA, mm-hmm. um, the 5678s, the Woohoo song that was pretty famous in Kill Bill. And I can't really think of any of the other songs or artists off the top of my head. The Karate Kid, that's what's killing me. I'm thinking of The Karate Kid right now, and I I can't think of what song would be in it. Um, we're going to go Pavarotti. That's also what we locked in with, was Pavarotti. Yeah, uh, brief aside, it's funny 
I, I, I knew I knew the song on the Kill Bill soundtrack that uh, featured this guy, but I couldn't come up with his name. But uh, I did some side research, and once I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. So go ahead. What's the answer, Dave? So this actually is not a singer. It's an a instrumental musician, uh, the master of the pan flute, Jorge Zamfir, known professionally as Zamfir, master mm. of the pan flute. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, what is it? The Lonely Shepherd. Lonely Shepherd. Sorry, I mean those. When I was a kid, those commercials were on TV probably a hundred times a day. <laughs> well, that reminds me of for us. Like you used to watch the Esteban guitar commercials. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember those. Yeah, bring Esteban. Yeah, and they used to always show them. Like you'd be watching, you know, Saturday mornings cartoons and roller derby and professional wrestling and kung fu movies. And then all of a sudden, there'd be a, uh, a commercial for Zamfir, master of the pan flute, which, even uh, when I was like seven years old, struck me as a, a little bit disjunctive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question four. The category is black gold. Uh, OPEC, or the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, currently has 14 members, including nations from Africa, the Middle East, and two South American countries. Venezuela, and this country, birthplace of Silicon Valley creator Mike Judge. Um, I, I think I'm down to Brazil or maybe Colombia. Um, regionally, they're, they're both in, I guess, northern South America there, um, Colombia and Venezuela being neighbors. Given the similarity of the regimes, I might think Colombia. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say let's go Colombia because Sofia Vergara is from Colombia. And you guys? Uh, we went with Chile. The answer is Ecuador. Wow. Mm. Also a neighbor of Venezuela. <laughs> uh, the, uh, question five. The category is where a kid can be a kid. So no one knows what Alfred E. Newman's middle name is, but what is King of Fun Chuck E. Cheese's middle name? So we're between Ellington and Esquire which I'm sure are incorrect. I know I've read this before. I just can't pull it at the moment. Um, Charles. I think his name's Charles, right? So Charles Ellington Cheese, Charles Esquire Cheese. Whatever. We're going <laughs> to... Is there an E-Cheese you can make a joke about? Uh, no. Um, I, we're we're going to go Esquire. And we went with Edward. Um, it's actually uh, Charles Entertainment oh, Cheese. Um, yeah. Entertainment's his middle name. <laughs> Quite literally. It's the only only thing weirder than all of the uh, possibilities you guys were discussing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question six. The category is 1970s television. If Mr. C is Tom Bosley and Mrs. C is Marion Ross, who's Richie C? You guys are locked in? Yeah. So that's Ron Howard, right? Oh, Richie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's checked out. Um, do we need his character name? No. Richie Cunningham? No. Okay. Who's the actor? All right. My name is Richie Cunningham. This is my wife, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Great poll. All right. So it looks like uh, the coolers are in with uh, Ron Howard. And that's what we put as well, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Uh, two Ron Howards, please. <laughs> Let's make it three. The answer is Ron yeah, Howard. Yeah, 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 we got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, sorry, so, I, I heard the question, but I, I was just in a fugue state. Just a quick recap after question six. We are at 40 to 45 with a slight advantage towards the coolers. All right, question seven. The category is goals. This summer, FIFA will hold the 21st World Cup Finals in Russia. Unfortunately, the U.S. team will be at home watching from its collective couch. The very first World Cup tournament, held in 1930, in which the U.S. team had its best ever finish, advancing to the semifinal before getting demolished by Argentina 6-1, is also the only World Cup to be played all in one city. In what country, whose current population is just under 3.5 million, was the first World Cup held? I think it's got to be one of those two. I think that's the popular okay. too. That okay. one. Yeah. This this one seems like it might be too populous. Yeah. Yeah. You All feel right. you feel good about it? Yeah, we're locking in. Okay. Okay, it looks like Team Dalton is locking in. I'm thinking it's either maybe like a smaller European country or a Central American country. Um yeah. a lot of other options are way too populated. A lot of very famous World Cup teams, you know, Germany, Brazil, knock them right off. The UK is famous, but not for good reasons. Um they're England's team, sorry. Um, let's go, let's go Scotland. Dalton's going with Portugal. And the answer is Uruguay. Oh. Mm. I guess I didn't realize Uruguay was that small. Yeah, they, it's a surprisingly successful soccer country given its pretty tiny size. All right, question eight. Uh, the category, speaking of which, speaking of the World Cup, sorry, Team Dalton, uh, what... What is the total number of matches that will be played at this summer's World Cup Finals in Russia? So you, you can do the math. I, so I wrote down 13 for no reason. Well, <laughs> how many teams do you think enter? Uh, well, I was just going, I was trying to think of a bracket. And I was just, in my head, I was doing like uh, 12. I know they play in groups and stuff, but I can't really remember how that structure works. You guys are locked in? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go 63. Team Dalton's going with 32. All right, guys, you have uh, eight groups of four teams. Um, so that makes 48 first-round matches. You have eight matches in the round of 16, uh, four in the quarters, two in the semifinals, uh, and one in the final makes 63. Uh, but they also play a third-place match, so the answer is 64. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I was thinking about doubling that, too. should have done that. <laughs> Tough break. Tough break, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Jeff just threw down his headphones in disgust. <laughs> the third round match. For the third place match. Huh. My math is perfect otherwise. All right, question number nine. The category is Mutual of Omaha's Wild Manhattan. Surprisingly... New York City is home to several species of very creepy animals. Uh, roaches, mice, bats, bankers. <laughs> but until this year, no one had ever seen a tiger roaming the streets of Gotham. And it seems that is still the case. NYPD, responding to a recent report of a tiger at 166th Street and St. Nicholas Avenue, arrived to find what somewhat more quotidian critter instead. No Gideon's Bible was found at the scene. I'm going to lock in. 
Okay, so they locked in. So are you saying it's a Beatles song? Yeah. Think of Beatles songs with animals in them. Well, it could be a beetle. Right. But um, I feel oh. like the main character is like okay. a, an animal oh. name. Walrus? No. No. Paperback writer. <laughs> it's supposed to be less interesting than a tiger. Oh, yeah. walrus. <laughs> <laughs> We're locked in. We went with uh, raccoon. Yeah. This is the Beatles song, uh, Rocky Raccoon. So we said raccoon. That's correct. The answer is a raccoon. Sweet. What's the What's the Gideon uh, Bible reference? Only that. to find Gideon's Bible. Oh, okay. That's it. I thought the, I thought the singing portion was over, but apparently not. <laughs> Question ten. Let's do it. Let's finish strong, guys. Question ten. The category is flags of our padres. Several state flags feature mottos in either English or Latin. But the flag of which state, admitted to the Union in 1889, is the only one to contain a motto in Spanish, which reads, Oro y Plata. You're the flag man. Oh, that was my guess, but I don't know why they would have Spanish on their flag, though. I can see 1889 on a flag, but I'm trying to remember which one. California was much earlier. We, we assume it's southwestish, right? Yeah, for the Spanish, yeah. Yeah. Um... I, mean, I think we're we're going for because plata means silver. Oh, it does. Yeah. What about ora? Uh, I believe that's gold. Okay, so gold and silver. Are we talking about a mining area? So maybe Arizona, Nevada. Um, yeah, Arizona was added in 1912. I'm pretty sure it was the last of the contiguous United States added. Any other mining? I'm, I'm I keep coming back to Nevada. I've got nothing better. Let's just, yeah, let's go for it. We're locking in with Nevada. We locked in with Colorado. Uh, it is a state that's known for mining, but uh, more for copper than for either gold or silver. It's uh, Montana. Oh. Wow. Known for its large uh, Spanish-speaking population. <laughs> also where Justin Timberlake proposed to Jessica Biel. Ah. Put that in your, your like pipe and little, smoke it. I do like that little factoid. I'm going to cut that out of the podcast and put it into the scrap folder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's all 10 questions. Bringing the grand total of the scores today to 50 points for Team Dalton and 55 points for the Coolers, who are cooling off right now. Uh, getting ready for the categories for the final round. So, Dave, what are those? The categories are current events, Chicago in literature, corporate marketing, children's books, and one out of four ain't bad. Okay, all the wagers are in, and let's go to Dave for the questions. All right, question one, current events. A Southwest Airlines flight from LaGuardia recently was forced to divert and make an emergency landing after an engine exploded and resulting shrapnel shattered a window, causing the death of one passenger. The plane was originally destined for Dallas, but where did it make the emergency landing? Question two, Chicago in literature. Which novel by Theodore Dreiser, published in 1900, tells the story of 18-year-old Caroline Mieber, who leaves her rural Wisconsin home to seek fame and fortune in Chicago, which Dreiser describes as, quote, a giant magnet drawing to itself from all quarters the hopeful and the hopeless. Question three, corporate marketing. Which company, headquartered in Clichy, France, uses a logo that the company describes as, quote, a schoolboy with a head in the shape of a ball holding a pen behind his back. 
Question four, children's books. Which classic children's book was described by its author as being about, quote, the joy of being a little boy alive on a certain kind of day. The air is cold, you touch the snow, aware of the things to which all children are so open. Question five, one out of four ain't bad. The Balearics are a chain of islands off the Mediterranean coast of Spain. The four largest are Menorca, Mallorca, Formentera, and which Eurotrash Mecca? Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, the show has examined weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Okay, all the answers are currently in. I'm going to go ahead and break protocol anyways due to a uh, coincidence. Uh, we have Oakland Fives all the way down for uh, Team Dalton. And we have Tens all the way down for the Coolers. So once again, the Coolers have 10 points on each question. And the Daltons are wagering the Oakland Five on every question. So let's get to the answers. Go ahead, Dave. All right, uh, question one. Uh Current events, the Southwest Airlines uh, flight, where was it uh, diverted on its way from LaGuardia uh, to Dallas? So, yeah, we said Cincinnati for that one. And we went Memphis. The answer is Philadelphia International Airport. Okay. Number two, uh, Chicago uh, Literature, the novel by Theodore Dreiser, uh, in which 18-year-old Caroline Meaver uh, leaves Wisconsin to come with her dreams to Chicago. What did you guys put? Uh, we didn't have an answer for that one. We know it's wrong, but we just put the jungle because it was in Chicago. Yeah, this is um, a, a really good but incredibly depressing novel called uh, Sister Carrie. All right, number three. French company with the uh, corporate logo of the boy holding a pen behind his back. What would you guys put? Uh, we were blank on that one. Uh, we guessed Bic. And the answer is Bic. Oh. 
have a big pen in my hand with that boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. I didn't realize they were fr- is that, that's a, a French company. A, right. Yeah, they're really great with the the branding. Number four, uh, children's books. So, uh, which classic book uh, was described by the author as uh, being about a boy uh, alive on a certain day touching the snow? What did you guys put? Uh, we went with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Again, uh, knowing it's probably a wrong answer, we went with The Giving Tree. Uh, this uh, this one was actually included at the request of my seven-year-old daughter. Um, it's a classic by uh, Ezra Jack Keats, The Snowy Day. Mm. And uh, the last question, number five, one out of four ain't bad. Um, the Balearic, four main Balearic islands are Menorca, Mallorca, Formentera, and Mitch Eurotrash, Mecca. We didn't have an answer for that one. Uh, we said Ibiza. <laughs> Ibiza. And the, the answer is Ibiza. All right. So at the conclusion of the final round, the coolers are going to drop 10 points. And Team Dalton is actually going to drop 25 points. So that brings the grand total uh, for Team Dalton to 25. And the grand total for the coolers... 245. So, despite a pretty difficult game, you guys are the cream of the crop. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Yeah, what a really well written game, Dave. Uh, we, it just was not our day uh, to be on point, but all those questions were great. All the, the references uh, were, were just, I don't know, really well put, put in those questions. So, thank you for writing that awesome game. Yeah, there's just a little bit of cream on the top today. Yeah. <laughs> You have to turn it a bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, even even with these difficult games, uh, it's good to learn these these things for future reference. Yeah, and it was, it was fun. Thanks, Dave, and uh, thank you, Triviality guys, for having us today. Yeah, definitely. I feel bad, Phil. Every time we invite you here, it's like a brutal game. Either you lose <laughs> brutally or the game itself is brutal. <laughs> it's all right. Thanks for the opportunity. It was fun putting together the questions. Uh, I'm sorry they were... Uh, a little bit harder than uh, I, maybe you they should have been. You should never be sorry. <laughs> and that's quite all right. These guys need a little punishment. <laughs> so for the uh, gentlemen in the studio today, Phil James, our special guests, and Neil and Jeff, Matt uh, remotely uh, watching Avengers somewhere, and of course our special guest host, Dave, and myself, Ken, that was Triviality. I'm sorry, sir. Well, I won't lie to you. Cards are not my bag, baby. Allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. My name is number two. This is my Italian confidential secretary. Her name is Alata. Alata for China. <laughs>